Welcome to Inside the Draft, a weekly preview of the upcoming NFL Draft with insiders from around the country. Welcome in for another installment of Inside the Draft as we gear up for the NFL Draft, which is just a month away, which is crazy. We've been talking about the draft and talking about it, and finally we can almost see the light at the end of the tunnel as we're just a month away. We are inside the Indiana Union Construction Radio Studios. I am Casey Valle, and today our draft insider comes from CBS Sports. It is Josh Edwards, who's an NFL draft writer for CBS Sports. Josh, thank you so much for your time. How you doing? Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Indianapolis is uh, one of the more intriguing teams there at the top of the draft, so uh, excited to talk about uh, the possibilities with you. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's been one of the things that, you know, we've been we've been in the forefront for sure. You know, the combine came and went, and that was a, a very a very promising team that people were talking about. So, you know, it's one of those things you have a bad year, you don't really want to talk about it, but this time of year it makes things a little bit more, you know, fun, a little bit, you know, you, the intrigue is there for sure. No question. Sometimes I think you have to, you know, go through those down seasons to really get uh, the re- reward from it. I mean, that's how Indianapolis got Andrew, Andrew Luck initially uh, and now potentially returning to the rookie quarterback well again. So I'm sure we'll be talking about the, the options that are available to them at number four overall. No, uh, that's for sure. We, we heard Chris Ballard talk about that at the NFL Combine where you don't get in this position often, but when you do, I mean, you really work at getting there. It was hard to, to, to sit through it, but you know the Colts do sit at the number five, at the number four spot in this upcoming draft, and that's kind of where I want to start. The NFL Combine came and went. We've seen a handful of pro days. All of the quarterbacks have thrown. We saw you know Anthony Richardson's pro days coming up later this week. But here we are a month away from the draft, and there's still a lot of question at what's going on at the top of the draft. When was the last time you can remember something like this where we're so close where you have four guys that are the top of a, of a certain position where you don't really know where they're all going to fall? Yeah, there was a little bit of mystery last year with the quarterback position, but it was not as uh, entertaining of a conversation because <laughs> right. we're not dealing with the same uh, type of athletes as we were in last draft cycle. So. You see a lot more of those top options in this class, similar to what we had saw in 2018 um, with the Baker Mayfield, Josh Darnold, um, uh, Sam Darnold, rather, Josh (laughs) Allen, Lamar Jackson, that class, where everybody kind of had a different opinion on how they should be ranked. And there wasn't truly a Joe Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence atop that draft class. So it was a little bit more up in the air to the point where some people even felt that the decision by the Browns was down to – Sam Darnold or Josh Allen, even 72 hours before draft night. Right. So I think this year is very similar because when you look at the top of this draft class, there's a lot of prospects that get you excited, but none of them are completely without blemishes the way that you would hope with, um, you know, your franchise quarterback, like I talked about with Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow. Now, I noticed in your latest mock draft, you have the Colts at four trading up to get Will Levis at number three. Now, I want to talk about Will Levis and you know his pro day and all the Kentucky stuff here in a few, but I kind of want to stay there with quarterbacks. When you look at defensive ends, that's kind of the, the, other, the other guy that could potentially be going there in the top of the draft, but it doesn't sound like Will Anderson is definitely going to go within the top three if, there's, if the Colts trade up or another team trades up with Arizona. Is that just because it's the quarterback position, or is there that drastic of a fallout between your young Levis, Stroud, Richardson, and the other guys, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? I think it's certainly quarterback motivated, um, especially now that the teams that are in position to pick number one and number two overall are going to take a quarterback. Right. 
Um, so once you have that run on the position begin so early, that creates a little bit of urgency, whether it is Indianapolis, whether it is the Raiders at number seven, or possibly, you know, we're not really talking about the Lions or the Seahawks too much being right. in the quarterback market, but they're looming large. I mean, those two teams, I would imagine, have some level of interest. Uh, Seattle has been to the pro days to this point. Um, Tennessee is another team that I've heard is lurking. So while I think Will Anderson Jr. is the type of prospect that probably deserves to go you know, in that top three range. I don't think it's necessarily a foregone conclusion just because I do think the quarterback availability is going to spur some action atop this draft order. Now we're talking with Josh Edwards, who's a draft writer for CBS Sports, but I know you're also dialed into Kentucky football and recruiting. So safe to say you've seen a lot more Will Levis than I have. Now, I feel like he is probably the most criticized quarterback within this group of four um, but a lot of mock drafts still have him going within the top 10. So why is the evaluation of Will Levis kind of so all over the place? Well, I think you have to talk yourself into believing in the traits that, that he has shown. He's got um, an insanely strong arm. He has plus mobility for the position. You know, he's 6'3", 230 pounds. It's very easy to look at him, to watch his film, and see the potential of what he could become in the NFL. Uh, at the same time, the production on the field does not match the hype. Right. So you're trying to reconcile what the difference is and whether or not you're going to be able to allow that player to reach his potential at the next level. Uh, there's a lot of contributing factors to success for a young quarterback in the NFL. A lot of it is predicated on situation, um, having a quality offensive line, having quality pass catchers, having quality coaching. I mean, you look at what Brian Dayball did with Josh Allen in Buffalo and now going to New York and working similar magic with Daniel Jones, there's value in in coaching. And I think Indianapolis does have a good situation there where you're bringing a young quarterback in, somebody um, into Shane Steichen's building where he has previously dealt with young quarterbacks. I think that's a a good situation for a young player to walk into. But uh, Levis, I like to compare it to a Wyoming Josh Allen versus the Buffalo Bills version of Josh Allen. Okay, He has all of the traits to to be that type of player one day, but Josh Allen is where he is today because of the extra work that he put in the offseason, the situation that he walked into. So I think Levis, if he's willing to put in the same work, he could be a Josh Allen-type prospect, but I think the, the, the floor is lower than maybe what you would get from a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud. Now, one of the things you mentioned is the pieces around, you know, whatever quarter, the situation is so important. And guys like, whether it is C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, I mean, the players they were playing with at Alabama are and in Ohio State, you got first-round talent all over the field. So is it almost like you almost get a better evaluation of what Will Levis can be because maybe the pieces were probably more close to what he's going to be facing as a rookie as opposed to, you know, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, who had explosive weapons during their entire careers and great offensive lines. Yeah, I think that's a good observation, and I don't think that is something lost on NFL teams. Um, And that's why I think the interviews at the NFL Combine were so important, as these teams had an opportunity to sit down across from these players and really figure out how they're wired. You know, are they self-motivated? Do they need to be in the perfect situation? Or are they somebody that's going to be able to rise out of the circumstances surrounding them? Uh, typically, the teams that are picking atop the draft order are there because they did not have a good season and maybe the roster isn't where it needs to be to compete. 
this year is a little bit different because I think some of the teams at the top of the draft order do have a pretty solid roster. Yeah. So, you know, when you're talking about these young quarterbacks stepping into that situation, I do think you have to heavily consider how they are wired. Levis is extremely self-motivated. Bryce Young is very self-motivated. Um, Stroud, you know, everything that I've seen just being around him, he seems to be a good kid and self-motivated. I, I don't know him as well as what I do those other two. Um, but I think there's some really good players at the top of this draft class that you can feel comfortable are going to walk into the situation and be able to give their best on a daily basis, even if it takes a little bit of time to uh, to reach their ultimate potential. But Anthony Richardson, I have a little bit less of a feel for him just because it's a little bit of a smaller sample size as far as him being a leader of a team and, and uh, Florida being where they were this past season. Now, with Anthony Richardson, that's that's one of the, the guys that, I mean, he has risen up the draft boards faster than anybody that I can remember over recent past. I mean, I'm sure there's a handful of guys I'm missing out on, but, I mean, he's definitely been the darling. He, he went out and put it all display at the Combine. And from your perspective, do you agree with with this whole notion that he definitely has the highest ceiling, or is it just, it's almost like, I mean, this is it's a weird comparison, but... The NBA draft seemingly is all about potential. It's all about what these 19-year-old kids can do at the next level. And rarely in the NFL do you take a quarterback with just strictly off potential. But do you agree with that, that he might have the highest ceiling over any of these guys? I do. He's a very volatile prospect in the sense that I think he has the lowest floor of, uh, the lowest floor of these four quarterback prospects that we're talking about. But I do think he also has the highest ceiling. Um, now, you know, the situation that he's going to walk into, uh, potentially in Indianapolis, I think is a good fit because Shane Steichen coming from Philadelphia where they were able to accentuate what Jalen Hurts does well on the football field, I think is a similar mindset that could be carried over during his time with the Colts if they were to take Richardson. Uh, he's a little bit unrefined. He's a little bit rough around the edges, but if you allow him to focus on what he does well early in his career, uh, using his legs, getting him out in space, allow him to develop as a passer, much like what Philadelphia did with Jalen Hurts, I think that could be a good situation for Richardson. And I think it gives him a little bit of a better opportunity to reach that potential that we've heard talked about. Um, I'm sure Colts, have, Colts fans have, have heard ad nauseum at this point. Uh, that's kind of the narrative that everybody in draft media is using, but I think it gives him a better opportunity to reach that potential. We're joined by Josh Edwards, draft writer, draft writer for CBS Sports. Now, Josh, we've been talking a lot about quarterbacks, the Colts sitting at four, needing a potential you know, franchise quarterback, so that makes a lot of sense. But I want to dive into a couple other spots really quick. Now, I, I know that we're not in the NFL front offices, so it's hard to know what the evaluation of a guy like Jalen Carter will end up being, but it seems like you know probation community service has been what is sentenced down for him from that legal matter. But he also had those struggles at his pro day, that, you know, the, but the tape before that screams that he's maybe the best player in this draft. If you're in that front office, where is your grade on a guy like Jalen Carter, and is he still a top 10 prospect you think even though his pro day was what it was and you had the legal matters yeah I think it's a layered conversation when you look at what he has put on tape you see an elite player that warrants consideration even at number one overall in this draft class uh, specifically because it is so difficult to find interior defensive linemen that are capable of uh, of attacking the quarterback I mean you know Indianapolis has seen the impact that DeForest Buckner has been able to make on the game. And I think Jalen Carter, 
you know, has that ability to push the pocket a little bit as well. But you do have to separate the on-field from the off-field. And I think that's where the interview process, getting to know him, his character really comes into play. Uh, and that's something that obviously NFL teams have a better idea of than we do here in the media. Um, so if they sit down and they talk with him and they come away thinking, you know, this is just general maturity issues that, you know, comes with, with age, then you're probably not as concerned about taking him there in the top five of this draft class. If you come away thinking, okay, maybe there's a little bit more here that, you know, we're just not comfortable with, then at that point, I think it becomes a little bit more possible for him to drop down into the bottom half of the top 10, maybe even get into the early teens. But um, just everything I've heard, he's probably still going to be taken in the top, you know, seven picks of this draft class. Um, Showing up at his pro day, being a little bit overweight, um, you know, not being able to finish his workouts. Like, it's a red flag. I'm not trying to minimize that. Right. But he is still a young kid that, you know, was going through a lot in his right. life. Right. Oh, absolutely. So I try to give him a, li- a little bit of grace there. But at the same time, I do think these teams are probably going to try to get to the bottom of who he is as a person and what kind of challenges he represents o- off the field as well. Now, as we hit the final stretch of, of this whole draft process, we're, you know, over a month removed from the NFL Combine, a month from the draft. In your eyes, who has made the biggest leap? from when we, we saw all the, all the prospects come to Indianapolis for the NFL Combine to where we are now? Yeah, that's a good question. There have been you know a handful of players that have really put their best foot forward. Um, Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia, yeah. had a fantastic pro day, um, you know, showing his ability to his, – his burst, his speed, his ability to rush the passer in general. I think that probably uplifted his stock. A little bit, but I think the player that probably will see the biggest rise um, from his pro day performance is Adetomawa Adabare from Northwestern, who is a defensive lineman. He can play up and down the line, whether you play him at the edge, whether you play him uh, three technique or or move him even farther into your your line of scrimmage. Um, That's a player that has shown the versatility to handle a variety of roles, and I think that's going to be valuable in the NFL today where so many of these teams are running different fronts, uh, multiple fronts, giving teams different looks so they can account for maybe a little bit more uh, action in the backfield, you know, um, you know, the, the, the crossing routes, the rub routes that are happening in the NFL. Now all this stuff that's happening close to the line of scrimmage, I think having a player like Atabare and being able to account for these changing offensive schemes uh, is going to be valuable, and I think he's rising up the draft board because of what he was able to do as far as testing at the NFL Combine. Now, final thing with you, and, and this is something we might not know for a couple of years, so I'll call you back in a couple of years and we can go over what <laughs> we said, but when when you're reevaluating this draft in three or four years, who do you think is going to be the one player you look and say, well, there's the best player in that draft in 2023? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I will say Alabama's Will Anderson Jr. just because I think he has um, the highest ceiling of this group, so I feel a little bit more comfortable making that type of a declaration. I do really like Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver ah, okay. from Ohio State. Um, those players that come out of that program have just been incredibly successful. They've made an impact early, but I don't think he has quite the ceiling uh, like a Will Anderson Jr. So I'll say Will Anderson Jr. is uh, my pick just because he has a really good combination as far as the ceiling and the floor uh, that we've talked about so much. 
Well, there you go. Josh Edwards, draft writer for CBS Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at EdwardsCBS. I know you're busy, but what are you working on right now that people can go check out? Yeah, so I've actually got a three-round mock draft that's uh, going to come out on Thursday. That's the first uh, three-round of the cycle so far. All so, right. Uh, excited to kind of work through the scenarios and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, pull these prospects together a little bit because you kind of see the strategy start to develop right. once you get beyond the first round into day two. So uh, that's been exciting. Well, there you go. Josh Edwards, draft writer for CBS Sports. Josh, great to talk with you. I really appreciate it, and thanks again. And next couple weeks, it all comes to fruition here. Absolutely. Anytime you need me, just let me know.